Good evening and welcome to episode 151 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. No, do not adjust your audio. I'm fighting a bit of a cold. Uh, so we're uh, fighting through a little sickness tonight, but we are here anyway because I'm loyal to the viewers and listeners. Thanks for joining me tonight. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. You guys know the drill by now. On my name tag there, you can follow me on Twitter at H Kravitz. And then on the scroll at the bottom, you can follow me through email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. We're going to be covering, like a glove, the huge stakes day Saturday at Monmouth Park. It is Haskell Stakes preview day. They have four graded stakes, including um, the return of Hot Rod Charlie in the Salvador Miles. could be fantastic. Look below the video player, ladies and gentlemen, for all of the promotions we have going on. The online store is not quite up yet. I'm still waiting uh, to get that started, but it will be starting uh, very soon. Before I bring on my co-host, I have an extremely, extremely important announcement, and I'm going to be sending this out on Twitter as well. I've teased it a few times. Uh, I'm hoping that you're going to see this and spread the word, because I have a great contest uh care of canterbury park that we are going to be uh starting here tonight and into next week so please pay attention very carefully it is right now on the screen but of course if you are listening to this through apple uh podcast spotify or anchor i will read what is on the screen so what we have here is a free contest going on a free contest through canterbury park it's a hit and split and again, if you are watching the show live, you can read on the screen what's happening. But I'm going to read it anyway for those of you that can't see the screen. Uh, there are going to be three winners for this contest. Each winner is going to have 25% stake of the all-turf, all-stakes, pick-five bet that I'm going to be making next Wednesday night at Canterbury Park. They have a huge day of racing there. Uh, it's, again, next Wednesday, June 22nd. I'll be making a $200 pick five bet and myself and the three winners of this contest will be splitting the pick five payout uh, if we can cash here's how you can become a winner of the contest under tonight's video player under the video player that uh for the uh on youtube for tonight's podcast video which will be up about 20 minutes after the show is over at approximately Oh, I would say about 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. You're going to type in, if you like participating, and absolutely free, you're going to type in in the comment section below the video player who you believe the winner of Monmouth's 13th race, race 13th on Saturday. Uh, you must include the final winning time also to the nearest two decimals as the tiebreaker. So, for example, like 147.63. There's going to be two winners for Saturday's races. So the, the two people that not only pick the winner, but also the closest time for a tiebreaker, if that's even necessary, will be the winners uh, for Saturday. And or you can also pick the winner of Canterbury's first race on Wednesday. Now, for that, you're going to put that under the video player from Tuesday's podcast. I have a special podcast Tuesday night with Angela Herman from Canterbury Park and Jay Litzow from the Star Tribune newspaper. 
We're going to be covering the Wednesday stake races like a glove on Tuesday night. So, again, under the Tuesday night uh, YouTube video player in the comments section, you can put who you believe will be winner of Canterbury's race one on Wednesday. And, of course, you need to also include the winning time to the nearest decimals. That is a six furlong race. The race on Saturday is a mile and an eighth turf race. And there'll be only be one winner for that on uh, Tuesday. In order to be eligible, all con- uh, contestants must either subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Twitter. So make sure you take care of that. Please do not, again, do not send me entries through Twitter or email. I will not accept any entries through uh, Twitter or email. You must give them to me uh, through the YouTube comment section below the video players. And again, you can only win once, by the way. So it is not possible for someone to win uh, twice. But I'm sure we'll get three winners out of that. So again, you're predicting Monmouth Race 13 on Saturday and putting that below tonight's video player in the comment section, plus your guess to the final time there's two decimals. And if you if you don't win that, uh, you can try again on Wednesday, uh, excuse me, for Wednesday's race one at Canterbury. You're going to predict your winner uh, for Canterbury race one on Wednesday underneath the Tuesday uh, video player of my podcast. Again, also including the nearest two decimal places. So hopefully that makes sense to everyone um spread the word uh the pick five on wednesdays is very difficult uh but if i can hit it uh for my hit and split folks uh, it could pay thousands you're talking about entering a free contest where you can literally possibly win thousands of dollars all you have to do is type in your guesses so anyway i'll be putting that pdf again also out on twitter minus the uh typo that i saw there uh one misspelling anyway i hope you guys will be a part of that. All right, let's, uh, I don't really have anything else to add. Let's jump right in uh, to my fantastic co-hosts who've been very, uh, waiting very patiently in the background. Let me make sure I am set with one other thing as I bring them on, and I am. All right, let's bring them on. From Mid-Atlanta, we got Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special, Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing today? What? Yes, Look at that. there it is. They got the shirt. I love it. How does it fit, Paul? Does it work for you? Fits tremendously. And right. now what is now you have to explain what 972 is for everyone. Number of Twitter followers. There could be a prize for the thousandth person. Not could be. Not there could is. Be. I only put it on, be, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I realized the problem. Pete sort of egged me on there. But I uh Pete, I like the idea. Here's the problem. Everyone's gonna wait now until it gets to nine ninety nine. Yeah, I know. I realize that I think like, oops, that might not be the best idea. <laughs> not no one's gonna no one's gonna follow until nine ninety nine. I mean, it's not like we're giving away gold here, so you know they yeah. <laughs> hopefully they follow anyway. Look, just follow and then follow, you know, uns- whatever, unsubscribe. Well, actually, if they, if they don't unfollow. Well, somebody could, you could, you could set up another account. If they want to be tricky, they could set up another account and wait, wait on that one and still, still be I, in the know before then. I'm going to tell everyone how they can get a free t-shirt, ready? And some other merch made, Pete. Just have your family, your friends, whatever, you know, subscribe like 20, 28 times. And then you, as the host of the conspiracy, be 1000, just like, right? There you go. Boom. There you Done. Go. Done. <laughs> That's the uh, Paul digging the shirt. Appreciate it. Hope you're uh, you got to show that around town now and uh, 
and, and represent for everyone. All right, guys, as you know, I'm fighting a bit of a cold here. I think Pirates because uh, it was like in the low 70s early this week. And then last two days, it has been 98 and 97 at the Chicago area. So uh, I don't know. The weather's all over the place. Uh, guys, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, pick five on Saturday. It is bas- well, not basically. It is being dubbed as the uh, Haskell Stakes preview day. There's Four, actually, three graded stakes, one ungraded stake, uh, and then the pick five is going to start with well, – actually, what I thought it was a pretty difficult uh, claiming race, and that's how we're going to start. By the way, last thing on the bottom of the screen, as you guys can see, uh, Monday night, Monday night I have a one-on-one interview with Ray Handel, fantastic trainer from Naira. So uh, highly recommend everyone. Again, I'll put this out on Twitter. And I know Pete and Paul will help me uh, spread the word there. When you have a chance to talk to a trainer and ask him questions or her questions, right, it's a great opportunity. So I hope all of you join me uh, next Monday with Ray Handel. It's going to be half an hour earlier because Ray's got to get up early, of course, as a trainer. We're going to go 730 Eastern Standard Time next Monday. And then next Tuesday will be our Canterbury Mystic Lake uh, Stakes Day. Uh, Mystic Lake Northern Nights Turf Festival. There we go. That's what they call it. Uh, on Wednesday, I was actually there in person last year. It was pretty cool. Not going to be there in person this year. All right, guys, let's get to the uh, steak races. We're just going to jump right in, unless you guys have anything you want to uh, say or, or do before we jump in. No, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's just let's just jump right in here. Uh, we're going to start. Let me go to our picks here. Hold on one second. Got to drop a banner. Let me drop this banner. I see we all have a comment. Pete, you want to take care of that comment? Is it worth showing? Well, I fix it. Well, it's a it's it's already an, an entry for the for the free pick. So oh, why you want to show is, it? Steve is fast. He's well, you know, you don't want to give his pick away. He might he might well, want to keep the, it undercover. Well, I'm assuming I'm assuming they're going to put it on the. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just. They're going to put it. It's already way, visible right? to everybody. There you I go, Steve. Assume. Ever dangerous. By the way, I saw jockey unlisted. Is what I saw <laughs> as of right now. Uh, Steve, I like it coming off a layoff. <coughs> Sorry. By the way, what you see on the bottom, you can take it off now. Thanks, Pete. That's exactly what we want to see. He's got the pick and he's got the time. Steve, that's perfect. By the way, they are going a mile and an eighth in that race. So you might want to check out normal times of a mile and eighth because, Steve, if, if that horse goes that time in a mile and eighth, he's going to break the track record by about six seconds. So you might want to be a little bit careful, Steve, uh, with that. All right. Uh, I'm not going to give information on how to think about a time for mile and eight. You guys need to do a little research on that if you're not sure what a mile and eight turf race will go. All right. Here's our picks for – there we go. Picks for race 10 on the bottom of the screen. Uh, let me go ahead and share the PPs, folks. And there they are. All right. Uh, Pete, we're going to start with you here with race 10. We'll go full screen. Race 10, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday. It's the start of the pick five at Monmouth. You can see it starts about 4.18 Eastern Standard Time. I do not have the Equibase entries, guys. We're just going to jump right to the PPs uh, tonight. Pete, you're going with I, who I'm pretty sure is going to be the um, favorite in this race at post time. Little Miss Sassy, 5-2 morning line uh, for a good trainer, but a jockey that frankly doesn't win too often. 
Yeah. Yeah. But this, it's funny. My, my cousin who lives in New Jersey, Nick is, he's going on to Monmouth on Saturday along with a Roth there. I see you're going to Monmouth as well. He's going. And I was, I started handicapping and I'm like, by the way, the first race of the pick five is complete. Excuse my language, dog shit. I was like, it's one of the, probably one of the worst yeah. races I've handicapped in a while. Definitely on the show, probably. It's, it's one of the worst. But I Might went be. with the, yeah, it's 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 in the top few of of ones we've looked at on the show that are pretty bad. So I mean, and again, I handicapped this without morning lines, but you could tell that this one just from the the sort of the higher figures. The one thing I liked about this one is. At least at five and a half furlongs, it was only a maiden breaker at maiden twenty five, but ran a nice race, winning by six, and that was that was his her I should say sorry her lifetime buyer top. So I looked at that and thought, hey, that you know at least is comfortable at five and a half, which you know not every horse is, and is just in in half decent form. I mean, ran a couple last two races were pretty good, nothing. I mean, nothing spectacular, just sort of outclasses the field, finishes in the money, actually wins some races. So in a field of, of crap, this is my uh, least crappiest choice, I guess. By the way, forget the five to two. This horse is going to be six to five. Got to be. Five, yeah, I was I was five. shocked when I saw the five to two morning I, line. I mean, I, I didn't mean, even four understand back, that. Four back, this horse won an optional 75,000 claimer. Yeah. And I was in for 12-5, which I guess you could say is a big negative, but – uh well, it is a big negative, but that was the one is- note I had was just the suspicious, you know, the continued drop. And then, you know, all of a yeah. sudden this drop, you usually don't like that, but it's not like the horse has been, I mean, the horse at least had been running and had been running okay and running well for this company. So, you know, it'd be a nice favorite to beat. I just didn't love anything else in all honesty. Yeah. This is clearly the horse to beat a horse. You have a second that I really didn't consider too much until I saw a stat and knowing you, Pete, I'm sure this is the reason why you have the source in second. What is it you like about Sassy Charlie or Charley? <laughs> a little little fancy pants name there. Yeah, there, honestly, it wasn't a ton. I like the 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 the, the trainer Shisty had, and I apologize if I'm butchering that name, but it was nice. First after the claim, it's a small sample size, but was you know four wins out of thirteen starts and seven yeah. in the money. So I was like, hey, you know that's better than some of the other stuff I've seen. And this horse did just win by eight again. It was with a a buyer of forty one, which is horrendous. But was the favorite, ran like the favorite, blew the field out, and now is picking up a trainer who is pretty good off a claim. So hopefully can take a step forward. Now you're talking. Can we get up in the fifties? you know, from a buyer standpoint and and again, taking a shot 10 to one, which I thought was surprising just because a horse wins by eight. Maybe you figure it takes a little more money. So it may, I could see it going down just because of that. Yeah. I mean, she was well met. I mean, she's, she's by Spicer, you know, I have Indy and Charlie Dam. She was in a main special Florida bread. Then she was in for Maine 40. So I mean, look at her odds, her odds. She's always, I mean, look at 290, 210, 210, 180. The connections always thought something of this horse, and maybe the maybe the you know the light just went on, for, you know perhaps. I, I I think she's interesting. I took a, look, a second look, and I, I have her uh, in the mix. Uh, Paul, you're with the horse that I also have in the mix. Uh, the number nine, Tasty Wave, Bruce Levine is setting this one down uh, to Monmouth. Has a nice race two back, and uh, you know fits in this race. Yeah, I you know I went into the race thinking just as Pete described it, that it was kind of wide open, but 
I like the nine a lot here. And, and I also did it without the morning lines, Pete, because, you know, we have to, Uncle Howard makes us do our homework early. We can't be doing it right <laughs> on deadline. Uh, teacher, Uncle Howard, our teacher. Uh, I, I, Levine wins at 20% at Monmouth. Uh, two horses from the last race uh, improved their buyers, uh, one by six points, one by 17. Uh, the horse did quit last time at Belmont, but he, he shortens up a, a furlong and a half. Uh, Castillo is a 23% winning a 23% uh, the jock. Uh, it is a New York bred, so I guess there's my bias coming out. But Central Banker is the top stallion of New, New York breds uh, last year. So I actually, I think the nine is going to be my sole A in the race. I love the nine in this race. Wow. Now, now last, <laughs> by the way, Paul. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to give you a facial reaction. The last time that I had a lone A and you did one of these, like, really? That was me, <laughs> the people, by the way, if you remember. I know you remember. So I'm not going to give you that face because I love the – you're going to get a price a little bit, and I love the single A. you got to have some guts in these kind of races. And you've got uh, – now, Paul, Here, here's where you really put your thinking cap on because your second choice is my top choice. I'll let you talk about – itsy bitsy Betty. And then I'll, I'll expound on that. Well, um, yeah, you know, the horse gets claimed <laughs> on a regular basis, uh, obviously. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't love the horse. Uh, I like her now knowing that uncle Howard has her on top. Um, you know, I, the Oakland... love, I love this horse. Love All right, so this, see, I feel better already. I mean, the Oakland form was pretty good. The horse figures to sit off the pace. Again, the the, the half a furlong less uh, shouldn't hurt. Um, you know, it's been a good year for uh, horses who have an affiliation to Canada, i.e. Rich Strike. Um, so, you, you know, I, I the last wait, race was no, on... wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's your angle? <laughs> <laughs> That's your angle. I just saw that actually. This is a, this just, is a Ontario just, bread. That's what. You are. I, All right. Whatever I just, works for I you, just, sir. Well, how Whatever. do we know that you 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 have to pick Marshall Graham's horse? That's why you picked. Well, horse. that's a much better reason. <laughs> you, you don't think I have a little? You don't think I don't have a little intel here, Paul? Well, let's hear it. All right. Let's just let's just talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I love this show. Um, can we watch the last race? First of all. I played this horse last time. Uh, I was in a I was in a live money contest. That's not why I love this horse, but I did play this horse. She was the four. Okay, she's a speed horse, guys. She's absolutely a speed horse. I have no idea what the jockey was doing. The four breaks well. You'll see it here. And then for some reason, the jock see the four breaks breaks fine, but doesn't really go on with it. Okay, I mean she's not really sending hard, and is not very aggressive, at least in my personal opinion. And then watch Paco, shockingly enough, comes over on the four. Watch what happens here, guys. Whoop. Uh, goodbye. Race is over. I don't even need to show mm-hmm. anymore. I have absolutely no – listen, <laughs> you're, again, I, again hey, I'm not a jockey hater. You're going five – or what was it, five and a half? I can't even remember if it was five or five and a half. I think it was five and a half. Who cares? Whatever it was. You're going five and a half on Mama's turf course. You're not going to be aggressive. Then hold the inside. I mean, Ridiculous. This horse, take a look at the early time form, guys, in this race. Okay, I'm going to scroll through real quick. The one is clearly the horse to beat. Okay, 89 early time form. Uh, 84. 103, but Luscious is bad, in my opinion. 71. 107. 
just remember that number, 107, all right? 94, 92, 94, 94, 85. Based on time form, if you believe it, and Jimenez is usually pretty aggressive, guys, she should be on the lead. She should be on the lead. Not only that, guys, there's no closer in this race. Like, no one. Show me a horse in this race that has the ability to close. The only one that has the ability to close, in my opinion, is the one who clearly is the horse to beat. But I don't trust this jock. I don't trust the rail going five and a half. So my thought here, guys, is Jimenez is going to break aggressively. He's going to go to lead with her, and she can wire the field. If she doesn't get the lead, she's not winning. So I'll know in the first few seconds. Um, I like the five guys at a price. Paul, is there anything you wanted to add uh, to this race? You've got, uh, what, the one – we already taught the one. I don't know if you want to add anything else. Yeah, I, I'm more – you know, again, he's going to be the favorite. Uh, she's going to be the favorite. Uh, you pointed out, Howard, that the $75,000 race three months ago, four months ago, and now – it's a fire sale all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'll have I'll be using the horse as a B, and obviously won't be surprised when she wins. But uh, I'm not uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep uh, betting against the one here. I hear you, and I, I like I what I do like about your nine, and we're going to move on to the next race. Uh, Paul is the outside post. I do like outside posts with all the speed because. Than going five and a half because while the others like have to break on top, the nine and your eight P could sort of break and sit and see, you know, what it looks like. But again, those horses don't look like they really could pass anyone either. So this could be just one of those cluster fall apart 30 to one nonsense horses. Uh, but we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens guys. Uh, let's go to race 11. Cause I don't want to spend more time on that race. That's not very good. Uh, wait a minute. We have a Kyle Roscoe sighting in the chat here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, he's going to Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Oh, wow. Boy, man, this guy's just a jet setter now, Paul. The, the guy, well, the guy hey. has, you know, partially owns a G1 and now all of a sudden. Grade one. That's right. He's country. a, he's a group one owner, Howard, as they say in England, he's a group one owner and he's going all over the place. Hey, man. Well, Kyle, have fun in, uh, Florida. Hopefully it'll be, I'm sure it'll be nice and toasty and uh, humid down there. All right. Uh, Race 11, guys. Let me switch my picks here. Paul, you're going to go first. Uh, there we go. All right. We are somewhat similar, uh, except for Pete, who has a – what I'm going to say is a crazy idea on turf. The last time I thought Pete had a crazy idea, the horse won at 4-1. So what the hell do I know? Uh, Paul, you're going with the 8. Sorry, this is the uh, – hold on. Let me switch. I press. there we go. This is the grade 3 Eaton Town. It's a model 16th on the turf. It's for 150000 Uh This is for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. And, Paul, you're going with the number eight in here as I scroll down. Ah, good old Fluffy Socks, who I thought should have been DQ'd in California last year. Guess who was riding him? Or was it two years ago? Actually, it was, it was sorry, it was Thanksgiving a year and a half ago. With Irad, who, by the way, went to Europe and got slapped on the wrist. We could talk about that forever, too. But anyway, uh, Paul, what does he like about fl Fluffy Socks? This is, what, one of two for Chad, I think he's got in here? Yeah, two Chads and two Shugs. The, the race, okay. You don't have to give the race any more thought than that. Um, I like Fluffy Socks a lot. I thought I thought she ran a winning race last time. You and I, Howard, in person, saw what a monster bleaker, a monstrous 
Bleecker Street is. Yeah. Um, this this horse was a half length off. I I really think that was a winning effort. You know, a Grade Three, but a New York Grade Three. Um, she wins the. You know, she closed out last year by winning the Sands Point and running a good third and a Grade One. Uh, shipped out to California and the race came off the turf. But when you go out there, you might as well run, I guess. And you know, two, I think two good races this year. That Keeneland race was a. You say, well, it was an allowance race. Well, it was a hundred and forty thousand dollar allowance race, and uh, I thought the last race was really good. And I, I really like her a lot in this race as well. I have two strong opinions to start the sequence out. I like that. And you're going with Lamisa in second, the other Chad. Yeah, I, but I do like the sh- you know I think the shugs are both very playable. I, I think I put the three third, and I almost put the one third. Uh, you know, Paco's on the one. He picks up him out for Shug. Um, uh, I, I think both of those are playable. But, yes, I did go with the other Chad uh, second. Uh, he picks up Johnny B. Um, you know, Ruggiel, we know, disappointed us, Howard, the other day uh, at Belmont. Yeah. But, you know, certainly. High opinion, high opinion was third, though. It did come back and win out of that race. Just I, FYI. That's, that, that's correct. He did. And, uh she did, you know, yeah. second second start of the year figures to to get better. He's had three works uh, since the last race, all on the turf at Belmont. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot to like about the seven as well. So I'm on Team Chad, which is no surprise. Yeah, uh, I'll go next because I have this horse on top. I don't think she had much of a chance in that race against Rougier, who ran real well in that race. It was a slow pace. It was also her first start back in, in quite a while. I think she was a bit rusty. I know Chad can get a horse ready off a layoff, but I'm guessing maybe this one was a bit short. Gets Johnny V. I just think the seven is more talented than Fluffy Sox. Um, I could be very wrong, though. Fluffy Sox is good. I've, I've never, I don't know what it is about her, Paul. I've never been a huge fan of her. Maybe I should just get over that. But, you know, she's never run really that fast. She is only a four-year-old, though. I don't think I don't think there's much splitting these two, frankly. Um, I do have the six, Princess Grace. <coughs> Excuse me, everyone. I have Princess Grace, who I think you make the strong argument is the horse to beat if she's ready. You know, she's got tactical speed. She's running the mid-90s. She's a real nice horse. I thought she had just a bit unlucky in those two runs that at least the, the last one, she was definitely unlucky. And then she got beat by Glowing Goble, who was fantastic on Breeders' Cup Day last year. I saw her in person. She is blue by everyone. That was glowing, going global's like best effort in her career. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this long layoff. Stidham has been also, I think, a bit cold so far this year. But anyway, I think Princess Grace is really talented, and I think this is she's very well meant. So I'm going with those three. Uh, Pete, you got to tell everyone about Whimsical Muse. Ten to one morning line does just come off a win. Although I want to show that replay because the number one Vigilante's Way was also in that race who I thought had a lot of trouble. What is it about uh, Whimsical Muse you like, Pete? Well, it's funny. When I, when I watched the replay, Whimsical Muse originally was going to be a toss for me. So, because especially it was a 25 to one shot, basically just had a glory trip, just sat right behind the, right behind, I forget who the speed was, but it was, it wasn't like top notch speed, sat right behind as you'll, as you'll see, just got the perfect trip. And you're right. Vigilante's way had all kinds of trouble didn't get a good ride. I thought, I thought definitely should have, 
I mean, the Pop ride, I, really I didn't understand. I didn't understand it because he's so indecisive. Like, should I go in? Should I go? Yeah, out? I didn't I know what in? he was but, doing. I'm like, you, you had like, a, you had a hole basically. You probably could have taken it, and you'll, it'll, it'll come up sort of eventually. Like, but why didn't you stay to the inside? I don't. I don't know weird. what he's doing. I mean, I was, I was completely puzzled by it. So. The only reason I didn't, and I, I sort of like the one, I mean, I have the one is the one will be on my, on my ticket as well. I sort of like that horse. But when I look back at the five, so I also, so look four back. Out, by the way, look at the cow out. I mean, wow. Yeah. The one, I mean, the one again, the one is Vigilante's way. Who's also the one again on Saturday. Go ahead. Yeah. So with the five, I was, I was sort of price fishing a little bit too. And I was like, with the five on paper, I didn't love it. And again, I, when I saw this race, I'm like, ah, I just caught a good trip. And, and that was why she won. But then I looked. So she ended the year last year with, with a couple nice races, had a decent buyer, got an 82 on a, with a win, gets claimed, then runs, you know, first race back, it's off the turf, just runs terrible. So that muddies it up immediately. Then goes a mile and a 16th. And if you watch that race, the race, the the ride by Lannery, who I, I am completely against always, is was just horrible. He was choking her. He was he he just wouldn't let her go. It seemed like she and she's tactical. If you look at her best races, she's in second, third, first. She's pretty tactical. Yeah. He's choking her back and he's got her in the back. And then she just when it was time to run, she just was done at that point. But then actually finished up. You know, she ran on a little bit. It was just too far back. And then comes back and gets the win in the next one with a career buyer top. 87. So I'm thinking if she runs better two back and isn't choked out by Lannery and luckily she's, he's off her now, then maybe you're looking at a horse that I think could be a lower price in this race. So I'm looking at it going 10 to one. I'll take a shot again. This is a little bit of a spread race for me anyway. So I figure I'd like to have one price in there. And this is the one I came up with at least as shown can win races. Again, I don't, it wouldn't be the top choice, but I think you, what you said was perfect about Princess Grace. She looks like she lays over this field. If she had one race under her belt, I assume she'd be like four to five in this race, probably. But that long layoff, um, you just don't know what you're going to get coming back. Yeah, I, you know, I, I never criticize anyone for taking a price. Uh, Pete, you've come with the prices before. Uh, if the five wins, I'll be, I'll be completely out. I, I just don't see it. Um, but you make some valid points. Maybe she is just improving. And if we didn't make it clear, everyone, she was the four horse in that replay. We just saw that. So she did win the race. Um, she was the four, by the way, real quick. I I do like fluffy socks, probably the most, my concern with, with her was she just, a lot of times she leaves herself a little too much to do. And that was my concern. I didn't know. I mean, there's a little bit of speed. There's some speed in this race, but I worry that she, I mean, even see at this distance, she's one for five, but three seconds. So she just sort of always leaves a little too much. And you want to hear one quick, funny stat. So going into this weekend, um, Chad Brown with in graded stakes races with Manny Franco was over 28. And then now has won his last two. So Franco won the last two he won with, um, I think Tribuvan. Did Tribuvan win? Tribuvan. Tribuvan was one. That was actually one. And then I can't remember who the. I mean, I actually I have it probably here. But Paul, you are an evil man. Paul. Paul was so happy to tee that up, Pete. I just look look at this guy. It was just like Christmas Day for him. Did you know that? So happy to tee that one. Hey Howard, he knocked me out of everything too. I know. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Andy Serling, like by the way, you know that boy Andy Serling liked that horse. 
I, I did hear that. I'm, I'm happy for Andy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move on, guys, to race 12 here before we get ourselves in more trouble. It sure looks like this is a three-horse race because if everyone sees our picks at the bottom of the screen, you'll see why. I'm going to go ahead first here uh, in this like uh, in this race. This is race 12. This is the Pegasus. Uh, no, not the Pegasus World Cup. It's just the Pegasus <laughs> Stakes 150K. This is for three-year-olds. This is the local prep for the Haskell. Uh, mile the 16th on dirt, of course. $150,000 is the purse. I didn't get too creative here, guys. There's a horse that looks very tough for a lot of reasons. The number four, electability. Um, it wouldn't be fair to say the horse is improving, at least based on the buyers. But face, obviously, we the people last time, although did get blown away. Has tactical speed. There's not a lot of speed in this race, guys, at all. It's not the strongest field. I don't like this horse so much that I would single him by any means, like in a, in a horizontal play. He's just the most likely winner. I think he's well-spotted for Klarovich stables. I really don't have too much to add. The horse that I'm interested in though, quite a bit, and this is a horse, if you guys remember, this is a horse I chased last time on Preakness Day, is the number three, Mr. Jefferson, who is a, a big, rangy colt who didn't have the best uh, trip last time in the Sir Barton when, and when Ethereal Road sort of freaked. Um, he's interesting. There's not a lot of speed, which is my biggest concern. If somehow Vargas can work out a trip, uh, he has a number two back that absolutely fits here. It's not the strongest field. Uh, he's been working well since. I don't know. There's something about the source that I think he has talent. I just think he's a big goofball. He hasn't put it together yet. And then I have in third, homebrew. I have to admit, I didn't watch the replay too much. Beating Kuchar is not, or Kuchar is really not saying too much, but it's a Brad Cox. Second star off the layoff, nicely bred. Uh, is improving, is working well. In fact, I can understand why Pete has this horse on top. So, Pete, we'll just go to you. Uh, obviously, this horse needs to step up, but probably not by much. No, that was that was my thinking. This is one that looked like it had. <laughs> Here's uh, a Roth with a homebrew was once my derby horse. Yeah, that, that sort of went wow. by the wayside, unfortunately. But <laughs> but I... Yeah, uh, he He's he's on the Derby Futures with command with my command performance. Who was yeah exactly exactly and still hasn't won. But it's one anyway. of those where so it came back and in January it ran that race in the Smarty Jones and was the I mean you look at it it was he was the favorite in the Smarty Jones and then yeah. just I, I mean it, it's a complete clunker and but it was in the slop and that was my thing when I looked at that I said okay if there's some sort of excuse potentially and then they 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 shut the horse down for just a little bit so maybe it was just I don't know it didn't come back well or it just didn't take to the slop at all so I can almost excuse that and if you look beyond that then this horse was running 75s last year comes back gets an 84 for the win in a you know in a stakes race again Kuchar happy boy rocket they're not world beaters but Again, he handled them pretty well like a favorite should. So then again, I'm looking at it going, if this one takes a step forward, and like you said, it's got great connections. You know, it's owned by the West. It's Cox. It's Giroux. It's, it's Street Sense. It's a Tappet. It's, you know, it's got everything going for it. It's got a real nice work. I like that work two back also. Yeah. Um, so it just looks like one. I, I felt like this one is one in a in a field of potential ones where you sort of know what they are already. 
this one, maybe it seems like you still don't know what it is and it could be something. So I like to take that upside. And again, three to one, if you can get three to one, I mean, I'll take it. It's not, it's not the greatest price in the world, but I mean, it's not, it's not super chalky. As long as he doesn't get bet yeah. down, I, I think it's okay. The weather is going to be fine, by the way, A-Roth. It's going to be fast and firm, according to everything I saw. Paul, there's really not too much to add. We have the top three. Is there anything you want to add on these three horses? Something we missed or something you just want to uh, go over again? Uh, no, other than I kind of agree with you on Mr. Jefferson, Howard. I also would played him a little bit last time. And uh, Mike Trombetta, don't get uh, don't get worried about that 8% number you see in the form. He is a very sharp trainer. I think he places his horses as well as anyone. He wins at 21% at Monmouth, by the way, over the last – Five wow. years, I think it is. Um, okay. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at this horse's back lines, you know, you see uh, the the Remsen last year, which produced Mo Donegal. We just saw yeah. with the Belmont wow. Zandon, who we would like to have won the Derby. Uh, early voting, three back. The horse Joe is is a real warrior. That's Trombetta's other horse. He uh, he, he came back and, and won the uh, Tessio. So, uh I think uh, the Mr. Jeff, Mr. George Jefferson, moving on up to the <laughs> east side where I stayed last weekend on the Upper East Side, will be an A for me. And if you and if you watch that last re that the the Sir Barton, I didn't know what the hell was going on. You had mentioned Howard that this horse is a little goofy, but this was one where it looked like the rail. I mean, if you just hit sort of the stretch run, it looked like the rail. I forget what what number well, is he. He's before the, we do that. I, he's the six. He didn't break rate, if I recall. No, I, no, I don't think I'll, so. I'll, I'll I'll go to the I'll go to the stretch, but I just want to watch the start. I thought I mean I guess he was. Oh no, no, he broke okay. I thought it was in between. I thought something weird happened at the beginning. I guess not. You uh, always hate I, you always hate the in betweens. That's your that's your thing. Well, you not a, not a huge fan. <laughs> he was fine there. You said in the. Uh, I mean, if you watch him, where is he again? He's the six, right? <clears throat> right there, he climbed. I don't, was that him? Yeah. Did you see that there? Right. Let me go back. He's right. He's just off the screen, but you'll see he right after they go. Right there, he's sort of studied and yeah, but it gets worse. Watch when they watch bit. when they actually when they're actually in the lane. Okay, it's just it's just sort of puzzling because it looks like he may have a way up the rail to make a move. And here, you know, you see Ethereal Road sweeps. There comes there's the six so on the right of your screen. I mean, look how wide open the rail is, and then watch. So you're like, oh, he's, he's got because I remember I had him too. So I was looking at it, going, okay, he's coming up the rail. This is beautiful. Now the that horse bears in a bit, but the six, if you watch the head on, the six completely overreacts and just sort of goes outside for no apparent reason. Cause it, okay. he didn't, the 10 didn't come over. If you look at the head on, it didn't come over that egregiously. So I just figured if this horse can run straight, then you're getting a decent price on it. I don't know. He, he's a goofball. I wish there was yes. more speed in this race. I would have him on top, guys, if there was more speed in this race. It just I do think the speed is cheap, though, at least with the one. So that's a good thing if he uh -huh. actually cuts some decent fractions. I think he's – I don't know if he's reliable speed. I feel like okay. he's one that will back up. All right, let's move on to the next race, guys. Race 13 here. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's the Monmouth Stakes. Now, let me go back to my contest one more time. If you join me late, we have a lot of people that are watching now live, guys, that we're not watching – before so again if you joined us late <clears throat> there is a contest that involves this race and i'm not going to read it all again and go through the whole thing but if you like to participate in the contest 
this is one of the contest races. You have to pick the winner of this race we're about to go through. Put your prediction in the comment section under the video player of this podcast and your the final time of the winner. This is a mile and eighth uh, turf race. I'll just say it should be somewhere between you know 145 to 150 and somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so if you want to have a chance to have a 25% stake in my pick five next week at Canterbury Park, which is going to be a $200 bet and a huge field in these pick fives, which is definitely going to pay. You have to find the winner of this race. And I chose this race, guys, because let me take this off the screen. I chose this race. I thought it was pretty open and pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Actually, sorry, we're going to go to uh, Pete gets to go first in this race, I believe. Pete, you're going with the two horse, which none of us have. Did I write that down correctly, Pete? Was that right? Yeah, yeah, that's all it. right. None of us have tax at all in, in the top three. I shouldn't say none of us. I mean, just Paul and I. I took a look at this horse carefully. I don't want to say anything about this horse, Pete, because I want you to explain tax, who's trained by Danny Gargan. Uh, Joe Bravo, who was Mr. Monmouth Park, in the irons off a long layoff long. will absolutely be a price. Yeah. And <laughs> this is one where this is the kind of horse that I wind up, I, I gravitate towards because there's some, there's some back class to it and it looks like there's something there and then it winds up just crap in the bed. So take the two with a grain of salt potentially, but what I, I mean, I, I always had a soft spot for this horse and, and I just sort of, I've, I've bet him a few times and I, and I've liked him in some races, but if you look at the races he's running in and the competition he's going against, it's, it's pretty high class. So he's obviously got the class to be in this race. He's tactical enough where he can get on the lead. And this is a, this is a, race if i recall i'm looking at the pace ratings now it's sort of devoid of speed the the seven which i know you picked is one of the only other i think pure speed not pure speed but speed horses so i feel like if this one is ready and the one thing i did like danny gargan it's a small sample size but like 300 plus day layoffs he's got seven wins out of 12 starts again it's a real small sample size nine in the money but it just shows that he's at least been able to get horses get horses ready off of pretty lengthy layoffs. So I have some confidence there. The only thing I didn't like that, you know, you have arch arch is a good arch has really good, um, has some graded stakes winners in turf roots. So you're getting, you're getting something there on the damn side, you're 0 for 10 in turf roots, but on the, you know, so I figure at least the sire side. So there is some turf pedigree there. Um, and again, it's turf. You got some turf pedigree. You have back class. You have a trainer who could get a horse ready off a long layoff. You got Joe. By the Bryan, way, I, I miss I'm missing Julie Crone and Jerry Bailey in the PPs, guys. That's sort of oh, Julie Crone. Cool yes, yes. This is this is the this is the uh, this is the uh, dam. Excuse me, the Grand Dam on the on the sire side, Aurora. I used to watch Julie Crone at, at Atlantic City, Atlantic City race course when it was oh, yeah. open back in the day. <laughs> Absolutely has turf pedigree uh, on that side. Yellow was, I mean, there's not a lot of turf pedigree. I'd say a little bit. No, I mean, but, the, but pretty, Arch, pretty deep. Arch has multiple graded stakes winners on turf. So there's yeah. something, there's something there. So it's not like this one's just devoid of turf pedigree okay. and devoid of anything else. And again, you're getting the horse at 12. This is, this is a very much a spread race for me. Like you said, I think it's pretty wide open. So I'll take the back class and put this one on my ticket. Uh, Turf routes, Arch has sired. Uh, 
let's see what four, he's got some good ones if you go four into the 25 that. winners and 20 almost 26 million including uh, uh i'm just trying to look uh, grand arch is one of his better ones i'm just looking down the peep uh jake skate anyway obviously our club arc low I mean, who's a yeah, you know I mean, obvi- obviously there were multiple um, graded stakes so i'm like yeah uh, hey Roth, okay. there we go uh you have got yeah a Roth loves this horse um Pete, you've got the three in second, and then I'll go to Paul's selections. Yeah, I'm not getting too too overly complicated with the three. And I have I think I have the three six. I have the two Chads in second and third. This is just one yeah. where I don't feel like getting beat by the Chads. Again, this one also has this one has back class, has races that obviously, you know, three back, four back, five back. These are all races that could win this race. So this is just one that that fits that one last, the last one back of the first race of 22 was really a clunker. And I don't really have much of an explanation for that. Cause like you said, Chad usually has them ready, but I don't know. You give Chad the benefit of the doubt and, and you hope he brings them back and, and he's ready this time. Uh, uh, P, uh, Paul, I got to ask you a question, sir. I have mad respect for you. Not only as a handicapper, as a person, as you well know, did Chad Brown pay you off or something? What is it? Every time now, <laughs> Chad's got a horse, you've got to pick him. Like, well, did, I mean, didn't you Chad say Brown, that too bad? Didn't you say that on our percentage eighty five percent? Did I miss something? Didn't you say that on our Tuesday pod, Paul? Didn't you say any? I'm throwing the Chads in every time now. You, you were a man I, of your word, at least. You're a man I of your word. I just said you got to use them. I didn't say. Right, tell, us why sac- tell us why Sacred Life is going to win. Uh, well, I, th- I like him a better of the two chads. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I think sacred life. Uh, I think that last race, uh, was okay. It, it was on a yielding course. Uh, the, I, I'm not so sure what the, the race at fairgrounds is, uh, to use Pete's term, a clunker. I love that term. Obviously it was, uh, a big step up in the, Pegasus, uh, which I think Howard might have seen in person. Um, nothing, you know, I, I like his his back class. Public sector, I was between the two Chads, of course. Um, I'm trying to decide whether Chad slotting him here is that he's not quite that confident in him, that he didn't run him back in New York, or that he just has, you know, so many turf stakes horses in the barn. Because, Pete, to your point, you talked about the races that he ran last year uh, and I saw the hall of fame race on August 6th in Saratoga. A few of those races, Pete, not only would win this race, but would win this race by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot. I mean that he was, he's thought enough of this horse to send him across the country to one in the run in the grade one Hollywood Derby. And they bet him down to nine to five. So I don't know what happened last time. Uh, I don't like the fact that he wasn't bet last time, even though that was a pretty good race. So either he's not that confident and he's sending him to Monmouth or he's going to roll in this race. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Paul, but this Churchill Downs turf has got to be talked about because they don't run anymore. And I, 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 I don't know for a fact, but we have seen many horses not run well at all on this Churchill turf. That is Good that point. is now they're not running on because it needs it to grow. Um, I, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just thought for no, the that's a great point. It, it's yep. worth bringing up because th- that race was so aberrational compared to what this three has done. I I think it's a total toss, but I don't know for that for a fact. 
Plus, Laurie you talked. To, oh, sorry, Paul. Laurie's, I was just to say you talked about Laurie. him not getting bet. Don't forget, uh, Chad had Adamo as well right. with Pratt on it, so that one wound up taking more money, right. which is probably why public sector didn't take a little bit more money. It, there was hey, a guys, better Chad is, in the race. This is the second person now that has said in the chat that public sector is running at Belmont. Yeah. So there, there's a race at Belmont Saturday called the Poker Stakes, which, by the way, I'll be doing a Snapchat for. Uh, snapshot, excuse Snap. me, not Snapchat. Snapshot, which is uh, you're a little horse. too old maybe, for Snapchat. You're a little too I'll, old for maybe Snapchat. I'll Snapchat it too. <laughs> I, I'm assuming public sector is running the poker. I haven't seen the entries, but now I'm looking at them, Howard. This is the second. Five horse. Thank you. Yeah, it's a five horse field. Chad has the favorite. Mason at six to five with uh, Pratt, and it's, public sector is the okay. five to two morning line second choice. All right, so public sector, it looks like, well, actually, I think, yeah, he'll definitely be running there. Thank you, Lori. So I didn't know that. I apologize to everyone. Public sector, we're not going to talk about it anymore. It appears that this one is going to be running at Belmont. Um, so I, I have the right Chad. That's all that means. All right. All right, let's go back to the PPs then. Um, Paul, let me tell you about this six, all right? Because I have a little history with this six. Oh. Uh, when the six was younger, back in back in his youth, back in the day, and you know maybe when he was five, he was really good at one point. I mean, look at these buyers: ninety-eight, ninety-nine, a hundred. Um, he was really good. Always took a lot of money, right? Even last year, he was good. But you know what? This horse always takes a lot of money, and this horse to me has been greatly disappointing. Greatly disappointing. Uh, he doesn't usually get there. Frank, I actually usually doesn't. He doesn't get there a lot, especially recently. I think this horse is completely aggressing. Paul, I am totally against this horse. I, I have this, I have this horse as a C, and I understand why you like him, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. His best, by the way, one of his best races was at Monmouth in the Ocean Port, but that was again two years ago. I don't think this horse is any good anymore. I'm using him as a C. I'm totally against this horse, Paul. Uh, again, either I'll be right or you'll be right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I have a I have a goofy opinion here, guys, and I I want to put us back on screen. I think this might be a little knee jerk reaction of liking a seven on the lead because I think we saw the seven on the lead <laughs> <of race. laughs> recently with that with that T horse that I don't want to mention his name anymore. But honestly, guys, as I go back to the PPs, you know what? There's not a ton of speed in this race. And I want to show a little bit of safe conduct last time because his 92 buyer to me was much better than it looks. Now, this field that he faces Saturday is better than this. But I just want to show he's the four in this race, okay? Breaks okay, not great, right? But he rushes up. And this this sort of, that that first like turn on the inner is a, is a bit demanding. and for, And the one goes with him. And they're battling here, guys. So the four didn't break great. And they're battling. They went 22-4 and four to the first quarter. You're going to see it pop up here in a second. So they were running in that first quarter. Uh, well, I just want – there's the first quarter. Now, I'm going to fast forward. These two look, – look at this, guys. The, these horses are battling, like, the whole way. Again, safe conduct is a four in this race. And I'm just going to fast – look, they're continuing to battle. These were fast fractions. Now – you, the four would have every right to give it up. He switches leads and he goes on with it. Now he didn't close, you know, he didn't finish tremendously, but there were some decent horses in this race. I thought he was very game. I think he's getting better. 
he holds on, I mean, relatively comfortably, not by a lot, but he was pushed hard, guys. And I don't see a lot of speed in this race. Now, Pete, I am concerned about your tax because if Gargan just sends the seven or the two, I could be in trouble. I hope Lascano is very aggressive. If by some chance safe conduct can get the lead here, I think he's very dangerous at a huge price. I'll know in the first quarter mile if this horse has any chance at all. I'm against this. There's a lot of horses I'm against here. I have the three in second. Obviously, I'm not going to be using that horse. I'm not going to use Sacred Life. I guess I would default to TD Dance, guys, in third. But Jason Barkley, who's the new trainer for Brad Cox, has got horrible stats in grade stake races on turf. I don't know why the connections decide to take this horse off of the hands of Brad Cox. I actually saw this horse, guys, run at Canterbury in person on June 23rd last year. I was there. He got a horrible trip in that race. In fact, <laughs> Drew came off the track, guys, and was – Let's just say he was upset. I don't want to himself, not anyone else. But anyway, the source is improving. He's getting better. I could use him on top. I just don't understand the trainer change. So that's a – I don't want to not be too hard on Jason Barkley, guys, but that's a little bit weird to me. So I, He's got a, he's a, got a really bad – He's got. A, I had him as a first yeah, after the trainer with, switch. It was like three out of 48 first <laughs> out of the trainer switch. He did win with Spooky but, Channel. He did win the Spooky Channel in the uh, winter, by the way with a turf horse and a stake race. So I'm sure he's capable. I don't know. This is just a, this is just an upped up rate. This is weird. I don't like the six Pete. I think the two is not impossible. If he's ready, I just see strange stuff happening here. In fact, Paul, you got the 11 and third. Do you want to mention the 11 before we go on to the last race? Well, just, it was strictly, you know, to someone on the board, he's on the board, um, you know, 75% of the time, Vicky Oliver, uh, yeah. is, is having a pretty good year. The horse is going to be closing, but, but let me just go back to tax. I, I, I have two observations about tax. One, right. I don't think he's going to be the price of the morning line because the people in New Jersey are going to be tripping over each other to bet Joe Bravo and his homecoming. Uh, two, uh, I agree with the stallion side uh, pedigree on arch that, as you said, Howard, there's less than zero turf pedigree on the damn side. And Danny Gargan, you talk about who I like, but you talk about Barkley, graded stakes on turf, he's one for 10. So this isn't exactly a power move uh, for Gargan, although I like the layoff stat, Pete. So I, I think I think at like six or seven to, or eight to one, tax could be overbet in this. I, I just don't see this horse at all. But um, anyway. That's my observation. Yeah, this is this this is a weird race, uh, especially with the three out. I don't know. Uh, I would go price shopping. I think we all actually would agree to some extent. Well, other than Paul, I suppose on top, but even Paul might be price shopping underneath. I'm guessing because yeah. if the if the and Manny was, Franco's Manny Franco's riding well on turf out. He won a big stakes at Belmont on the turf he is. Uh, last he week. Yes, yes, I'll give you that. I have uh, the eleven. I have the eleven on my ticket too, though, Paul. I, I kind of like. There you go, Pete. There you go, Pete. I, I kind of like since they put that one on the turf. I think again, we're. I think we're going to yeah. need a little bit of speed for that one, though. I think we're going to need. We can't let like Howard's horse or Tax just get on the front and lollygag around. I think we're going to need them to to heat yeah. it up just a little bit for for hidden stash, especially coming and, from the eleven. And. What's the significance of the jockey on the 11, Howard? You'll remember this. We had a conversation about this guy. Uh, oh, I know. I, I know. I know the answer to this question. He rode Bleecker Street in Tampa Bay, right? Yes, he did. 
Yes, he did, and did a pretty damn good job. Although uh, undefeated, undefeated. That, that horse is that horse is pretty good. good, uh, good if we have time, speaking of which, Howard, at the end, I want to have thirty seconds for a jockey, uh, musical jockey rant on the Belmont. But at the end, <laughs> okay, no problem. Let's go to the last race, guys. Um, that looks like it's a spread race. The last race, there's a horse in here that I'm sure, you know, when the entries came out or the the nominations came out. Uh, some of the connections were not real happy with a horse that's in this race because it would it would have been hard to imagine that the number three Hot Rod Charlie winner of over five million dollars would be running in this flat mile uh, Salvador mile here on dirt, but here he is, and none of us are trying to beat him. He's really damn good, Paul. I'm gonna let you go first though. I mean, we don't really need to talk too much about how good this horse is. This is clearly, I think we'd all agree, clearly a prep. It looks like for the Whitney, there's no possible way this horse is going to be cranked. Um, can he get beat? Well, I tried, you know, Howard, that's always our inclination, right? You look at the morning line and you see four to five. And, you know, I I, I almost picked the one. I, I've always liked the one as a horse, uh, maybe because I had a, pretty good score with him when he won the jerkins and god i think it was 19 now so it's going back um i you know the one did not run last time he just ran oh he he ran okay in the carter if you look at the horses he lost to um you know hot rod charlie you made a good point howard we, we were talking about you know, this myth that the horses are going to bounce coming off Dubai and Saudi Arabia, that doesn't yeah. really work anymore. Doug O'Neill is a good trainer. Um, kind of interesting to me that Smitty is uh, riding. Um, the horse likes Monmouth. Don't be confused by that one line. <laughs> the horse finished first in the Haskell but was taken yeah. down for causing a little trouble. And, and ironically, you, you may recall in his next race, in the Pennsylvania Derby, the inquiry light was up again, and he had to withstand yeah. an inquiry to win that race. But, you know, it, I would say at 80%, Howard, he wins this race comfortably. Yeah, he's going to be and really it, tough. I mean, I, you know, Paul, there's something about the fact this is only a mile and it's a prep. I, I, I'd be surprised if he, like, blows the competition away. Like, there is other speed in the race. I yep. think Smith Smith might be aggressive with him and the and maybe he'll wire the field and win by 10. There's just something that tells me, look, I have him on top. And, and, and he's not, forget four to five. He's going to be two to five. But, right. you know, it, it's hard for me to believe that that he's not going to be ridden somewhat conservatively, to, you know, not to save something. It's just one of these races. Pete, I'll let you go next. It just feels like one of these races that he's not going to win by 10. Like something weird's going to happen or, you know, he's not meant to go a mile. There's just a prep. Like, they're not going to empty the tank here. Mike Smith can be a bit cheeky. Like, he'll just handwrite him and win by, like, a length or a half a length. I don't know, Pete. Am I am I crazy, or, or, or what do you think here? No, I, I think that's fair. And I, and this isn't the type of horse to blow fields away either. I mean, it had the, no. the one in, in the UAE 
in the Al Maktoum, that two back, which that was sort of a dominant performance. But again, that was a pretty, pretty weak field as well. Yeah, I'm, I was with you. You figure with, with uh, coming back from, from overseas and going a mile that maybe there was a, you could find a way to beat this horse, but the rest of the field just came up pretty light. Yeah. Mind control. It's funny you said that, Paul, about the, the jerkins. That's maybe, that's in my top five of biggest, caches i've ever had on a all on right individual Pete. race because I, I had the, i had the winner and the exact and the exact to pay beautiful with hog creek hustle so i always love mind control just from that just from well, that guys, one, we, we, now it. now i'm now i'm forced to show the this is one of the races. this is one so of the finest races too do you remember this one paul do you remember the race oh i was pete i was I, I i was there to, to watch it and cash in person it's an unbelievable race he is going to make up a lot of ground, and and remember, the horse on the lead is one to five. That was uh, that was uh, what's his name? Uh, Chance a lot. Chance uh, a lot. Yeah, but the uh, the guy who's in jail, Navarro. Right? Oh, yep, yep, yep. You usually don't run those down. <laughs> Here they well, come. I mean, look at this is a one to five, three lengths clear at the three at the sixteenth uh, pole. How did we win this, Pete? I don't know, but we got up right at the wire. <laughs> That was Celebration beautiful. Time. I always remember that one. It's one of my all-time favorite races. Just and I, now I love Mind Control forever, just because of that. But he's. By the way, by the way, I had a very good friend. Uh, we were at the OTB who loved Hog Creek Hustle. That was a brutal. That's well, a tough beat. brutal beat for him. But anyway, Pete, uh, you know Mind Control. I, the last race, I'm tossing it out. I, I don't know if he just didn't like Churchill. He had no chance against Jackie's Warrior. He's run well at Monmouth. Uh, and he's run well going a mile, two turns at Parks. I actually liked him uh, in that race three back when he when he beat Silver State yeah. Warriors Charge. Uh, if something really bizarre happens, he I think he could win. I don't think it's like completely impossible. I don't mean it's not impossible because I, I I don't ever think Hot Rod Charlie is like some. I don't think of him as like super upper echelon. I always think of him as sort of a, a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like, I don't think he's, but I don't think he's, he's not like unbeatable upper echelon. To he's no me. flight line. He's the, no. Uh, yeah. Can we, can we talk like, about Charles? Oh, wait, can I give you one? Can I give you one stat on Hot Rod Charlie if you want to sure. go negative against him? All right. So Doug O'Neill bringing horses back, shipping horses back from foreign countries. He's uh two for 33 wins. So if you want a negative stat, there you go. I'd love to see who those horses are. And I love your stats, Pete. I'll just speak for myself. That means nothing with this, with this particular horse. That means nothing. No, no, but, I know, but I'm saying it's a, if, it's you're a looking, if you're no, no, looking, no. yeah, listen, I, I'm not poo pooing your stats because uh, it's, it's a valid stat. It's not a small sample size. I just don't think, this horse is just different than the ones he's had. So, he should beat and, this and, by five. Yeah. And this spot is is different. So if he gets beat, I don't think it's because he's coming from you know back home. I think it's because of the distance. I just don't think he's a mile horse. I, I think that he's more like one pace, long winded type. Doesn't have a lot of gear switches. Um, that'd be my reason, guys. I have Cheryl Spite in third, and I think Andy Serling made an excellent point on Twitter. You got the poker running Saturday at Belmont, right? Why this horse is not in the poker, I have absolutely no idea. Um, he's been training well, but that's at Woodbine on their synthetic surface. This horse has never shown any real ability to to be good on the dirt. This is just a very strange spot. I had him in third just because I respected his class, but 
I don't know. I, this is a very strange spot. We have no idea why the connections are running in this spot. Pete, you've got Helium in third, who might be the one that has the lead. Uh, was has been a bit disappointing, but gets off the synthetic. I think Helium could get the lead and, and get, make Hot Rod Charlie uh, work quite a bit. And then I mean, Paul, he's eight for got... nine. He's eight for nine in the money, so he was one where I thought could clunk up. I didn't really see him as a potential win candidate, okay. and, but and, could hit and, the board. And Paul, you've got Fat Man, who's got a lot of back numbers, but boy, is he kind of off the rails, uh, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he won't be on my pick five ticket, but you, Uncle Howard, makes us pick the top three. Uncle Tom, yeah. I try to follow, follow directions. You know that. No, no, no. I, I didn't know how deeply you guys like the, uh, you know, no. the three there. So uh, Charles B says, Howard, you're you're absolutely wrong. He likes uh, Charles B. Good luck, Charles, because you're going to get a price on the source. I just, I don't know. I, I just a very strange spot to me. Let's go to our pick fives, guys. As I uh, switch screens here. Uh, hold on one second. Peter Paul, who wants to go first? Go ahead, Paul. Uh, well, I only spent seventy-two dollars, Uncle Howard. So I'm. I'm well, Pete you know, actually, wanna... Pete actually spent less than that, believe it or not. Ours are oh, actually well, cheaper, right? If the if that horse scratches, then, then oh, that's right. Even going well, cheaper, true. yeah. Well, I'm glad that... you said that, Pete, because we should, guys. As I'm talking here for a second, why don't you take a look at that race, and if you want to add a horse or change your picks, let me know who that might be, because. Uh, I can do that actually on the fly. Um, so Paul's ticket as of right now, but he's going to change it in just a second here. Uh, he's got his pick five. He's got one, five, nine with one, three, seven, eight with two, three, four with three, six, but the three is going to be scratched with one, three. So Paul is using mind control. Again, we play ABCs. I'm sure he wouldn't use it equally with hot rod, but he is right. using the one also in the last race. Is there a horse you want to add to that fourth? Yeah, I would ball? put in. Uh, I'd put in Glen County the eight to replace oh, the. Uh, we didn't even mention that horse. Well, it's Maker. Okay. It's Daru. Uh, it's okay. a horse who's uh, who he ran right behind Sacred Life, who apparently has no chance in the race. Um, no chance. Absolutely no chance <laughs> no, at all. Apparently has no chance. So. No. Uh, and this horse ran behind him, so I guess I, that means this horse has less than no chance. So put him go. in my so, ticket, please. Paul's got a seventy-two dollar ticket. Anything you want to talk about in this ticket in particular for the viewers and listeners, Paul? No, you as you said, Howard, we beat a dead horse, so to speak. Um, you know, I would never play mind control equal to Hot Rod Charlie, but I do think, you know, if you get that far, you want to have more than him because obviously the next lowest paying pick five after him is probably going to be double of what he is or, or, or at least a third. So I'd like to have, uh, I'd like to have others alive. Okay. Um, let's go to Pete, Pete, Pete's ticket as of this very moment, but again, it's going to change slightly. Pete's only has a $60 ticket. Uh, he's got one eight with one five, six, eight with two, three, four, with two, three, four, six, eleven, with the three hot rod cherry. Did you want to change your uh, public sector selection, or just or just eliminate him, Pete? No, you know what? I'll I'll go with the I'll go with the with the with the with the uncle here, and I'll, I'll put your seven in there because I do like if the there we go if tax doesn't break. I like having speed. You know, if there's okay. potentially loan speed, I always like to have that. All right, so I'm just doing this in numeric order here. 
and save, and now we can bring up your ticket. So Pete is going to go two, four, six, seven, eleven uh, with the three. Anything about your ticket construction you want to explain to the viewers, Pete? Not not a ton. I guess the first leg, I, I'm just sort of iffy. I only went too deep, but it's one of those where if I can't get the one home. Um, maybe the eight, but I, you know, I don't really have much confidence in anyone in that race. The second leg is, is also, I think the second leg is just sort of a, sort of a toss up race. And I think there's really just some good ones in there. Same with the third, the third, I'm pretty confident in the three that I have. I like the spread in the second to last race. I think that one's wide open and then single to hot rod, Charlie. The only thing someone mentioned, like Charles B mentioned, um, or he threw a comment in skinny tickets, the way to play, live to fight another day. In this one, there is some potential, even though there's a couple decent fields, there's some potential for a real chalky sequence. So I think if you if you like the chalk in maybe three of the races, then you maybe try and go skinny up the denomination. And then if you want to do a smaller couple backups, do that. Is is, <laughs> is Charles related to Dr. Seuss? What are we rhyming now? All of a sudden? Isn't that all? Are we rhyming on the show? Charles, hey. I love it, Charles. Charles, if you're a poet, we want more rhyming. We want more comments that rhyme. I would I'd love to see that. Guys, this is the cold talking. I greatly apologize. I'm a bit goofy tonight. I'm just, I'm all out of sorts. Uh, what do you mean tonight? Wow. Oh, I love these. They're, they're Shots fired. fired. My, my co-hosts are fired. Shots I fired. It. I know. And, and doing it with my shirt on. As you're, as you're weak, so, as you're, as you're weak and, and feeble so, with your cold. Unbelievable. He's just firing and he's got the shirt on. I love it. Listen, we like to have fun. Yeah, my mom and my Monmouth. Podcast. There you go. And I haven't forgotten about your jockey rant with the Bama. We'll get to that in just a second, uh, Paul. Here's the winning ticket. My pick five tickets. <laughs> We're going to go one, five, nine with one, six, seven, eight with two, three, four. And instead of public sector, I'll throw in tax out of respect to you, uh, Pete. I'll go one, two, four, six, seven with three. Again, one, five, nine. With one six seven eight, with two three four, with one two four six seven, with three. Um, you know what? I almost want to add the eight in the first leg instead and take out the uh, take out tax. That's okay. I'll leave it in there. Yeah, this is not. I'm using the eight as a B, by the way, in the first leg. So uh, I just don't have them here on my K man. It's a ninety dollar play, uh, guys. It's basically a pick four. Pot Rod Charlie wins, right? So you got to go price shopping. You know, to some extent, if you think, if you think Hot Rod Charlie is just a lead pipe cinch, or not play the pick five and maybe play a pick three, you know, that ends in the Monmouth stakes, that's not the worst idea either. You know, if you don't – actually, I think that's a great idea, guys. If you don't like the first leg because it's a cluster, crappy, claiming race, and you think Hot Rod Charlie is going to win, don't you think a pick three race uh, 11, 12, 13 would be a nice bet, Pete? I do. I do. Cause I think that 13 is wide open. You so you can get some prices there. And the other two, I mean, they're good races. They're, they're, they're not, there's no run. There's no rollovers in any of those. So <laughs> Charles, definitely a fan of Dr. Seuss. Charles, I'm glad you got a good sense of humor. Our, our viewers are awesome. All right, Paul, as I bring up the closing banner and we wrap up the show, uh, you want to go on a Belmont stakes, uh, jockey, uh, gymnastics. Yeah. Band. Go ahead. Well, look, Musical I get it. Rosario is an elite jockey, okay? He's one of, I don't think he is the best. He is one of the best. You know, we've seen, you saw him on Jackie's Wario. That was an easier, but he rides that horse very well. You saw him on Nixon. I get it. I'm not stupid, okay? However, 
tell me what Ray Lou Gutierrez did wrong on Barber Road to get taken off that horse. Now, someone says, obviously, hey, Rosario's open. You got to go get him. The horse is a closer. Rosario finishes. Well, newsflash, you don't win the Belmont like that. And and frankly, Barber Road can't win the Belmont with Howard Kravitz on him or Rosario or Ray Lou because you don't win the Belmont coming from way behind. Yeah, you especially can't win it with Howard Kravitz on. Right. So I just that's you know a, that's and again, heavy I'm weight we're carrying. Look at, I'm partial. I, I love Ray Lou. He came Wait, here's my here's my here's my Paco here's my Paco invitation. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, again, I believe that was an, and I have no information on this. I did not ask anyone. I'm gonna think it was an owner decision because I think John Ortiz is really tight with Ray Lou. And you know, hey, the owner says you know, hey, Ron Anderson calls and says Rosario's available. Again, I get it. I'm not stupid. I know Rosario right now is a better jockey than Ray Gutierrez. But you know what? I, I just – it bothers me sometimes when that happens, and that's all I'll say about it. Well, I think, you know, uh, there's something to say about it. By the way, by the way, the horse finished seventh by 17 lengths. I'm pretty sure Ray Lou could have directed him to a seventh place, 17 and a half length defeat. And maybe Howard Kravitz could have, too. No, no yeah. I could not. I, I'd fall off the horse at the start. Um, <laughs> you know you know what? There is something said towards loyalty, Paul. I tend to be a very loyal person. That's why even after you guys give a bunch of horrible picks, you'll still be my co-host. That's okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think I, I think loyalty, in all, in all seriousness, Paul, I like your sentiment. I think loyalty is important. But tell that to the owners who own, you know, millions of dollars. I get stud it. Fee and they want, you know, a, a top rider. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm now an owner through Adelphi and the two horses I have, I, I'm not saying this at all to be arrogant or say, I don't have a lot of money, but I I don't have a micro share. I've got, you know, I've got decent chunks in, in two horses. I'm not going to have a say on who's going to be riding. It's hard right. for me to say, Paul, if one of our, one of our horses happens to do well and isn't like a stake race, it's hard for me to say who should ride because I'm not going to have full control over that. I'm sure Matt Uter, uh, et cetera, will have more control over that than I will. But I tend to be loyal. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, there's horses for courses. Isn't it possible that some jockeys just know how to ride a horse well also? I mean, that could be part of it too. They just fit the horse, whatever. Um, I hear you. Pete, did you want to did you want to comment on any of that? No, I think the last thing you said is perfect because I think it's not always who's the better jockey. It's yeah. who's the better jockey for that horse in some cases. Now, if you put there's certain guys, if you put on him, but Rosario's he's he's finicky, so he's not he doesn't always give you the best ride. So it's one of those where I, I like the loyalty too. But you know, as you, I think sometimes too owners overvalue the expectation or over have over hyped expectations for their own horses. So maybe they yeah. thought, hey, Ray Lou's getting this horse in the money maybe a better jockey can get the win when maybe that yeah. horse is just only good enough to get in the money in these races. And that, and that's what right. Raylo was doing it the right way. By the way, things were crazy at Belmont today. Charles, I think you make a really good point. I want to bring that. Where is it that, you know, the, the Ortiz brothers weren't riding and things got a little chaotic. I mean, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a fair point, but maybe people like that guys, as we end the show here and thanks everyone for watching tonight again on the screen right now. And if you're listening uh, later, I will say what's on the screen because you can't say it. Again, Canterbury Park hit and split contest. You have two chances to win and be a part of my $200 pick five next week. 
you under the video player uh, in the comments section for tonight's video, you'll your prediction of the race 13 Monmouth winner uh, Saturday with the uh, final time. It's a mile eighth on turf. And then if you choose to also next Tuesday night, the with the uh, below the video player when I cover the Canterbury Park Wednesday stakes races, you'll put your winner of who you think is going to win race one at Canterbury on Wednesday again with the final time. But you'll do that underneath the video player for Tuesday's show. Please do not put I'll put put us all back on screen. Please, ladies and gentlemen, if you're playing in the trying to win the contest uh, next Tuesday. Please do not put your pick in the tonight's video. Put it in the Tuesday video uh, just so we can keep things on the up and up. Uh, Pete and Paul, as I do a few things behind the scenes, is there anything you guys want to say uh, about Saturday's uh, pick five at Monmouth? Uh, I, I think it's a pretty good card to bet. I mean, I love Monmouth. I've only been there a few times. I would tell you that my first time at Monmouth, was when my beloved Curly won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, I saw that live in 2007, and uh, I felt bad for the people down there because they waited years for a Breeders' Cup. They had 40 straight days of no rain, and it was Noah's Ark came down the stretch the week before the Breeders' Cup, and a lot of people jumped ship. But the the people at Monmouth are great. Uh, It's those Friday uh, twilight cards on the Jersey Shore. There's nothing like it. I I wish them the best. they have fixed odds wagering. If you happen to be on track, what you bet is what you get. Great little marketing uh, slogan there. So, you should have mentioned um, that earlier, by the way. I'm glad you mentioned that, Paul. Yeah, you have to be at the track or in the state of New Jersey, I believe. Correct, Howard? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, but it, 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 is a, it is a nice track. Uh, Larry Colmus, his first big promotion after Suffolk Downs, my beloved Suffolk Downs. He became the voice of Monmouth Park, and uh, look at him now. So uh, I wish them well. Uh, I look forward to the Haskell. Uh, I look forward to seeing that monster Jack Christopher again that we saw in person uh, the other day, Howard, and see how he does stretching out. And I hope they have a great weather day uh, at Monmouth Saturday, and I will be participating. All right. Now, Paul, uh, we had a little side wager. We don't have to get details. Is is your pick five with the side wager going to be at Monmouth, or you think you're going to go somewhere else with it? It'll either be Monmouth or Belmont. I got to look at the Belmont card, but it's probably going to be Monmouth since I'm, uh, Uncle Howard had me do all this work on the Monmouth card. So it'll not be a caveman, though. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Uh, you say it will or will not? Will not. Okay, good. I like that. I want the best chance to win. All right, Pete, anything you want to add before we close it out? No, good luck to everybody if you're betting, and, and hopefully we gave out a, a winner or two here. And by the way, I think when I did the 10 minutes to post segment on my first time on the HHH Racing Pod, you asked me what my favorite track was, and I said it was Mammoth. I said it, that was when the, the no whip rule just about coming, so I was like, maybe not anymore, but in person, inside, I just enjoy that track. They have the the hanging silks of all the all-time great horses. And it just has a good track feel to it. Like it's not, it's, it's not corporate. It's not too clean. It just feels like you're at a racetrack and it's got a lot of history and, and a lot of pageantry in there. So it's always one of my favorite ones to go to. Haven't been there in a while, but so it's nice to play one. It's nice to hit that track this week off, you know, not the Haskell. It's nice to hit it on an, on sort of an off weekend. Terrific. Well, I hope to go there someday as well. Uh, 
Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. It's been fantastic. For these two gentlemen, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 151 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm going to take care of this cold and hopefully be better next Monday. Again, you don't want to miss this, guys. Ray Handel will be here just one-on-one live, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, Monday night, to talk about his horses at Adelphi Racing Club. And then next Tuesday, Angela Herman from Canterbury Park and Jay Litzow, who covers Canterbury Park like a glove uh, in for the Star Tribune newspaper in Minneapolis. We, the three of us are going to be covering what is a huge day at Canterbury Park next Wednesday night. And if you want big fields, they're all double. How about a pick five, guys? 10% takeout, double-digit field sizes in every single one of them. It's going to be great. So hopefully we'll see you next Monday and Tuesday night. Good luck to everyone at Monmouth Park on Haskell Stakes Preview Day this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.